0: Mark chapter 9, amen. I believe now on a serious note, amen, this is, is going to be a message that is going to really help some people and bless some people tonight. I hope it, it always does, but I really believe that this is a good on time. As you're in Mark, let me read a, a verse to you that you don't have to go to, but you can write it down in 1 Chronicles chapter 29, 11, and just listen to these words as I read it. It says, yours, O Lord. Is the greatness. How many know God is great? The power and the glory. The victory and the majesty. For all that is in heaven and in earth is yours. Yours is the kingdom, O Lord. And you are exalted as head over all. Amen? Amen. I'm going to read that again. I I, I probably should have had you look at it, but I want you to stay in Mark. Listen to this again, because this is a proclamation from God to us or from us to God, about God, back and forth, both ways. But we got to understand and never forget who God is, how powerful God is, how big God is, how awesome God is, how great God is. Amen. He says, yours, O Lord, is the greatness. So anything great is God. The power and the glory, the victory and the majesty, and all that is in heaven and in earth is yours. Yours is the kingdom, O Lord, and you are exalted as head over all. Say this with me. Jesus, you are Lord of all. How many believe that tonight? Amen. Jesus is Lord of all. So that means Jesus is in control of all. He's in control of everything. Everything that goes on, God is above and in control of. That is under the, the, the this title of good things and bad things. Struggles and victories. Amen. Defeats and victories. Good times and bad times. He's Lord over all. And how many have learned, or have? if you haven't learned, I want you to learn tonight. You cannot control Everything. Amen. How many control freaks do I have in here? Let me see your hands. Come on, be honest. You can't lie to God. Amen. You try to control everything. Listen, I want you to write this down tonight. Stop trying to do what only God can do. Amen. Don't try to do, or if, if maybe it's not stop. Maybe you haven't. Don't try to do things God, only God can do. We get in situations, sometimes super grave, super bad, super serious. Sometimes it's just a, a more minimal problem. And we try to fix things. We try to make things happen. And God is the only one who can make things happen. And I really believe a lot of times when we are struggling, not always, but a lot of times when we're struggling, it might be because we're in the way. We're in the way. And we're trying our best to control and we're trying to reach. And there's a human nature there that's natural. And God wants us to move. He, he wants us to be a part of what he's doing. He's not asking us to lay there and just expect him to do everything. But too many times we try to do things. And especially when you've got to get to a place in your walk with God. Well, you realize this is a situation I cannot control. I need to step back and let God be God. Amen. Amen? Perfect example tonight. When your dad's in the hospital, you can't do anything. Right? Perfect example. I was thinking thinking my dad on the, well he is on the way to the hospital. Thanks God, dad for a nice example for my message tonight. Amen. Get a call, your dad's in the hospital, you've had sick people, you have things go on. Uh, you, you know he's not, not feeling good or whatever, and what can I do? Can't do anything but pray. Can't do anything but trust God. Can't do anything say, God, he's yours. Everything's yours. The doctor's yours. He's yours. Mom's yours. Every situation's yours. Amen? Y'all following me? We got to get to a place where we are standing back and saying, God, you are in control. Amen? Amen. Don't try to do things only God can do. Now, we need God's discernment and wisdom to know when we're supposed to move, when God's supposed to move. Because he does expect us to move. Faith without uh, um, works is dead. Amen? So there's a balance to that. But uh, you need to know when you're hitting your head against the wall over and over again that God's saying, hey, stop. Let me be God. I'm God. You're trying to do something. Listen to that. You're trying to do something you can't do. Listen to that. You're trying to do something you can't do. And only God can do that. So God will allow us sometimes to be in positions and places where we're looking around and we're saying, there's nothing more I can can do. But what do we do? We keep trying. We keep trying and we keep trying. And sometimes we can keep digging ourselves into a bigger hole than we should be in because of that very reason. I'm going to show you a story in Mark 9. I know you're there. That's very powerful and shows us something. Verse 14. Say amen if you're there. Mark 9, verse 14. And this is about a healing, but I want you to pay attention to what happens in this story. In verse 14, he says, And when he came to the disciples, he saw a great multitude around them and the scribes disputing with them. And immediately when they saw him, all the people were greatly amazed and running to him, greeted him. And he asked the scribes, What are you discussing with them? And then one of the crowd answered and said, Teacher, I brought you my son... Who has a mute spirit and wherever it is, it seizes him. It throws him down. He foams at the mouth, gnashes his teeth and becomes rigid. That sounds like a problem a person cannot handle. So I spoke to your disciples that they should cast it out. But what? But they could not. I spoke to your disciples that they would cast it out, but they could not. Now, before you continue to read, how many know that many stories in the Bible have many angles you can look at them from? We know that this story is used a lot of times for the fact of, uh, when at the end of the story, when Jesus says, uh, his disciples say to him, sorry, uh, why couldn't we cast out those demons? Why couldn't we do that? And he says, because some things only come out by prayer and by fasting, Okay. But I, and I want you, what I want you to see tonight is not that angle of what Jesus answered, but the problem of of trying to do something that you cannot do. That is God's job to do. Amen. I want you to see it from that angle tonight. OK, and so verse 19 says, and he answered him and said, "O faithless generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I bear with you? Bring him to me. When they brought him to him and when he saw him, immediately the spirit convulsed him and he fell on the ground and wallowed, foaming at the mouth. So he asked his father, how long has this been happening to him? He said, from childhood. And often he's thrown him, him both into the fire and into the water to destroy him. Watch this. But if you can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. If you can do anything. And Jesus said these words, If you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes. If you can believe. Now, some people would make it a works thing and say, Well, they should have prayed harder. They should have fasted longer. Have you ever been or are in a place in your walk tonight, maybe, or a place that you remember in your life Where you prayed every prayer you could pray. You fasted every fast you could fast. You you read the scripture, every scripture you could read. How many have seen some things happen that the end result was not what you wanted to happen. And you honestly feel like you did everything you could to do what God asked you to do. That's a situation where you must realize God is the only one who can do this. All I can do is what? believe. All I can do is say, God, you are the provider of this. You are the answer. You are the only one I can look to tonight. I can't look to anybody else. You, you are my source. We, we talked a lot about that on Sunday, that we would look up. God wants us to look up tonight, amen, and see that he is who he says he is. And it says, immediately, the father cried out and said with tears, Lord, I believe, but watch this. This is what I want you to see if you don't see anything else in all these verses. Help me with my unbelief. Help me with my unbelief. That's a good word. Amen. Help me, Lord. I don't, I I, I know up here I believe. But I obviously am not believing hard enough because my son's still doing what he did. He's still throwing himself in the fire. He's still convulsing. He's still doing all these things. And so take your eyes tonight off the disciples and put your eyes on the man. This isn't a story about what the disciples didn't do. This is a story about this man learning that for a long time, for many years, he had been trying to deal with his son his way and through his power and through his actions. And it wasn't working. And he met up with the king. He met up with the Lord. He met up with the answer. Let me tell you something tonight. You, you know the answer. You know the answer. You know the answer. His name is Jesus. All you need to do is call on Him. Continue to call on Him. Don't stop calling on Him. Don't stop believing on Him. Don't stop trusting Him. Don't stop loving Him. Don't stop depending on Him. And, and understand that as you do all that, God is in control. And God is over everything. Amen. He sees everything. When Jesus rebuked the wind and the waves, how many remember that story in the Bible? In Matthew 8, he says, he, He gets up and says, Peace be still. And the disciples said these words Who is this that even the winds and the sea obey him? Who is this? You know who it is? It's my king. It's my Lord. I got to remember that the man God who, who calmed the sea with peace be still is the God who can calm my sea with peace be still. He's the God who can heal my body with peace be still. He's the God who loves me just like he loved those disciples. He's my God. I can say, Lord, I trust you to calm the seas of my life. You're the only one. We can't do it. We can't get up and say, peace, be still. We're going crazy. Picture on the boat. The the disciples are going nuts. They're worried. They're full of anxiety. They're scared. They're freaking out. And and Jesus is asleep. (laughs) Nothing troubles Jesus. We've got to get to the place where we understand even when something bad is going on, I can take a breath. I can chill out. And I can say, God's got this. God's got this. God's got this. That's faith. That's belief. Didn't say it was easy. Where in the Bible did Jesus say it was easy? Where do we see in this scripture? Jesus didn't say, if you can believe and it's easy, all things are possible. He said, if you can believe. So if he says if, that means it's not easy to believe. Y'all follow that? Jesus said, if you can believe, he didn't say just believe. He said, if you can believe. So who's that on me and you? Not him, not on his power. What did I read you in first Chronicles 29? That he's all powerful, that he's great, that he's majestic. Let me read it to you again in case you forgot it. It says he's Lord, he's greatness. When was the last time you looked at your problem and said, Lord, you are greatness, over this problem. You are greatness over my finances. You are greatness over my body. You are greatness over my children. You are greatness over my job. Come on, somebody. When was the last time you did that? When was the last time you reminded God who He was over your circumstance and your situation? When? Probably too long. God, you are the power and the glory. You are, Lord, the victory. And the majesty for all. How many know when, when this was being written in 1 Chronicles 29, 11, he's saying this because he's going through something. How much was David going through all the time? David wrote all those Psalms we read to comfort us. I sent it out today or yesterday, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. I will fear no evil for thy rod and thy thy staff, they comfort me. David was going through some serious hell when he read that, when he wrote that book, when he wrote that Psalms. He wasn't sitting on a beach drinking a pina colada. Amen. He was going through some stuff. And he said, though I'm walking through the valley of the shadow of death, I do not fear what man can do to me. Because I know my God is greatness. My God is greatness. My God is power. My God is glory. My God is majesty. And all in heaven and earth is yours. Yours is the kingdom, O Lord, and you are exalted head over all. Stop tonight and look at your situation. and Say, Lord, you're head over this. Go to that stack of bills and say, Lord, you are greatness yes. Yes. over this. Right. Touch your body and say, Lord, you are greatness over my body. Yeah. Amen? Amen. Listen, I know this isn't easy. He said, if you can believe, if you can believe. If being the possibility of being able to, but also having a hindrance to stop you. If you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes. Listen to that. I'm going to read that one more time. If you can believe some things. What does all things mean? It means, you know what it means? It means the situation you're in that you think you can't get out of fits in the category of all things. And it's overshadowed by the power of the word greatness. Yes. Greatness means the greatest. Amen. Meaning nobody is greater. Sorry for the elementary teaching. But sometimes we need to take our problems And show God we believe what his word says and not allow the devil to make them bigger than they are, because you worrying about them is not making them disappear. You worrying about your body's not making it heal. You worrying about your kids is not making them get saved. But if you'll take that situation and believe and allow faith to come out of you and say, my God is greatness. God will begin to move because he promised, if you will believe, all things are possible. God's just looking tonight for another testimony. He loves testimonies. We love testimonies, but he really loves testimonies because he's the one that gets the glory for them. So we need to understand that the situation I'm in right now, physically, mentally, spiritually, financially, maritally, all the above is a opportunity for God to do a miracle. And to show that he is greatness over everything. Say amen. amen. Look at somebody and say, he's great. He great. He's greatness. Amen. amen. Why do we worry? Why do we worry? Why do we worry? Because bills are real. Physical pain is real. Parent prob- par- uh, uh, marital problems are real. The devil's real. Things are real, but we see, we have more faith in the problems being real than we do in our God being real. We can't do that. We can't put so much faith in in the fact that I might lose this or I might lose that or I'm sick or this is going on then saying, no, but my God, my God, my God is greatness. Amen. My God is all powerful all-knowing, all-wise. He loves, he loves to do miracles. He just needs someone to believe. You know that as he was saying it to that man, we know the end of the story. He prays for him, he gets healed. Jesus is saying to that man, if you can believe, he's saying, I really, without saying it, I really want to heal your son. I really want to do a miracle right now. I really want to bring glory to me. It's okay. He's God. He's the only one that can do that. Inside, he's basically, I want to be worshiped. And I would really love for you to believe. Because if you don't believe, I'm not going to get glory. Wow, it got quiet in here. You mean God can't heal without faith? Nope. He says it, not me. What did Jesus say to every person he prayed for? Tell me. What did he say? What did he always say to people as he prayed for them? Or after, after the healed. Thank you. Your faith has made you whole. He didn't say my power, which we know it is, healed you. He said your faith has made you whole. So he's just waiting for me to get out of myself and get in with him and realize that he wants to heal me deliver me, set me free, free me financially, touch my marriage, whatever it is, more than I want to ask. The only barrier between it happening is me believing. If you can believe, if you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes and we don't really understand what that really means. Because we, were here's why we worry, because, watch this, we try to do and I started this off, what only God can do. And we try to control the uncontrollable. And we try to explain the what? Unexplainable. And we try to do the undoable. And we try to stop the unstoppable. I'm going to stop racism. I'm going to stop these riots. No, you're not. You can't stop the riots. You can't stop sickness. You can't stop marital problems. You can't do anything. God is the only one that can do it. Get out of his way and let God be God tonight. And let God do miracles. And let God stop the problems in the world. All he needs is a vessel of faith to do it through. We try to fix the unfixable. Oh, my burden is so strong tonight. You're trying to bear the unbearable. You're trying to bear a burden you can't bear. You're trying to bear a burden that Jesus bore on the cross. You, you need to let that go. When we wonder why we're messed up. I'm not saying that in a bad way, church. I'm saying it in a true way. And I'm speaking to myself. I got to get out the way. And remind my God and myself that he is who he says he is. Amen. Only God is in control. And you might be wondering this then Well, God is in control. Why doesn't He change this? Or why doesn't He change that? Or why doesn't He make everything better? Here's the answer: I don't know. Because I'm not gonna try to figure out the unfigureable. <laughs> I know I butchered that word. Amen. Don't try to figure out the unfigureable. That's right? Okay. That's right? Right. Don't go to hell over a mystery. Right. You know what that means? You look at. You say, "Why the brown cows?" eat green grass, and give out white milk. Right? So you start thinking about these things. That's That's just a generic example, right? I don't know why they do, but they do. But I do know this. I know God's in control. I can't understand everything. I don't know why things happen. But listen, I know God time and time again, time and time again, over and over in my life, has shown me He's greatness. Remember how we talked about the long and short-term memory we have? We so quickly forget what God has done for us. And if He's done it before, you know what? You might think, man, I've never been this much in debt. Man, I've never been this sick. Man, I've never had this bad of a marital problem. Man, How many know that's a lie? You probably have five times. (laughs) Seriously. Think about it. You probably have been there, but you forgot. Because this time seems so big. But God did it before. He'll do it again. He can do it anytime he wants. Anytime you will what? Believe. Amen. Let me give you one more verse. Matthew six You've heard it. Don't worry about tomorrow. For tomorrow will worry about its own things. Sufficient for the day... Is its own trouble. This doesn't mean you don't plan for the future. This doesn't mean you don't occupy till Jesus comes. It doesn't mean you shouldn't set goals. As a matter of fact, it's wise to set goals. We'll be setting goals at the beginning of 2015 like we do every year to see God do that powerful thing in our lives. Amen? But you have to live one day at a time. You cannot live in the month of December or sorry, January of 2015 in the month of December 2014. You can't do it. You've got to live for today. Amen. Stop worrying about tomorrow because today's got enough problems. And if you worry so much about tomorrow, you'll miss out on today amen. and what today has for you. Amen. Which is that hug, that blessing, that kiss from your daughter, the, 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 the time spent with somebody else. You get so worried about the future, you're missing something passed by you right now in front of your face. Amen. What good would it do for us to be worried about Sunday's service when we're here tonight? We don't even know if Sunday service is going to come. Amen. We should worry about tonight. Actually, I do have one more verse. Y'all want one more? Colossians 2. Write that down in your notes, verses 6 and 7. It says, as you therefore have received Christ, how many have received Christ, Jesus the Lord? He says, walk in him then. So walk in him, rooted and built up in him and established in the faith as you have been taught, abounding in it with thanksgiving. We've got to learn to be rooted in our faith. We've got to learn to remember how great God is. Amen. Uh, let Let me read that same verse in the Amplified so you can get it to be a little bit more understandable. My counsel for you is simple and straightforward. Just go ahead and go with what you've been given. You've received Christ the Master. Now live in Him. You're deeply rooted in Him. You're well constructed in Him. You know your way around the faith. Now you know what you've been taught. School's out. Quit studying the subject and start living it. Stop going off of your head knowledge and start applying the word of God. Amen. Amen. That's the only way you're going to make it is when you get to understand that your God is greatness. Amen. The musicians can come tonight. God, you are greatness. I'm going to close with a story as they're preparing to get ready to sing. One person at least tonight is going to go home with some food in their spirit tonight. Somebody, at least one, I know at least one person needed this tonight. Amen. If there's more, praise God. Amen. I know somebody is learning tonight that if I can believe, if I can believe, all things are possible. And you cannot say, God, well, but, there's no but in all. All is all. Impossible. Matter of fact, the harder it seems, the better it is. That's how you need to look at it. Man, this is so far gone, God. This situation is so bad. This has gotten so messed up. That's what, But if you'll stop, get your mind right and say, okay, God, this is a good moment for you to move on in. Taking my hands off. I'm done trying. I recognize tonight, God, God, I've been having my hands in the pot. I've been trying to do, you know, a little bit of you. Someone could say, Lord, I'm, I'm letting my hands out. I'm taking my hands out. I'm taking my hands off. Here you go, God. Or maybe you have been trusting God and you just keep on trusting. Him. You just keep on saying, Lord, I've been trusting you. And, I, and tonight you've just encouraged me to trust more and to not stop trusting. Everybody's always at different places. I think I might have read this story before, but it's so powerful and so perfect for tonight. And so awesome is the Holy Spirit that they sang that song tonight about the, the going through the fire. And I know you're with me. I love when the Holy Spirit just lines up with the word. But let me tell you this story. Some may have heard it. I know many have not. A man from Virginia called the local radio station. How many remember 9-11? Obviously, you remember that. There was a really powerful story that came out of it. Actually, lots of stories came out of it. His name was Robert Matthews. A few weeks before September 11th, this is him speaking, Robert Matthews. My wife and I found out we were going to have our first child. She planned a trip out to California to visit her sister. On our way to the airport, we prayed that God would grant my wife a safe trip and be with her. Shortly after I said amen to the prayer, we heard a loud pop. The car shook violently and our tire blew out. I got out the car and replaced the tire as quickly as I could, but we missed her flight. We were both very upset. We drove home. I received a call from my father, who was a retired fire department, for the uh, f- retired from the fire, uh, New York fire department. He he asked what my wife's flight number was. I explained we missed the flight. He said, thank God, because the flight that she was on was the one that crashed into the southern tower. He said, I was too shocked to speak. My father also had more news for me. He was going in to help. He said, this is not something I can just sit by for. I have to do something. I was concerned for his safety, of course, But more than that, I was concerned because my father had never given his life to Jesus. After a brief debate, I knew his mind was made up. And before we got off the phone, he said, take good care of my grandchild. Those were the last words I ever heard my father speak. He died in the rescue effort. My joy that my prayer of safety for my wife had been answered quickly, and that turned to anger, anger at God, anger at my father anger at myself I had gone nearly two years blaming God for taking my father away my son would never know his grandfather my father had never accepted Christ and I never got to say goodbye then something happened about two months ago I was sitting at home with my wife and my son when there was a knock at the door I looked at my wife but I could tell she wasn't expecting anyone I opened the door to a couple with a small child The man looked at me and asked if my father's name was Jake Matthews. I said, yes, it was. He quickly grabbed my hand and said, I never got the chance to meet your father, but it is an honor to meet his son. He explained to me that his wife had worked at the trade center and had been caught inside after the attack. She was pregnant and had been caught under debris. And then he explained that my father had been the one to find his wife and free her. My eyes welled up with tears as I thought of my father giving his life for people like this. But immediately, my sadness went to the fact that I knew he was not saved. The man then said, there's also something else you need to know. My wife then told me that as my father worked to free her, she talked to him and led him to Christ. I began sobbing at the news. Now I know... That when I get to heaven, my father will be standing beside Jesus to welcome me. And that my family would be able to thank him themselves. When my baby was born, they named him Jacob Matthew in honor. Sorry, when their baby was born, they named him Jacob Matthew in honor of the man who gave his life. So their mother and their baby could live. Now obviously that would make us think of, wow, what a great amount of historical things happened that day on 9-11. But the thing I want you to see is that God is always in control. And listen to this, you might be in a situation right now that you won't know the answer to why you've been through it for two years, for a year, for five years. Maybe you'll never know on this earth. How many get that tonight? The quicker you get that in your walk with God, the more rich your walk with God will be. It'll make things easier. When you learn to sit back and say, God, I realize this is out of my control. I can't do anything about it, but I just trust you that you're in control of it. And I just trust that even the bad things that seem bad, something good is going to come out of it. How many could ask God to help you do that tonight? How many want to be like that? How many want to learn to live your life like that? That's, that's an overcoming walk is to say, God, I don't understand this. But listen, don't listen to these stories and go, oh, what a beautiful story. It's not a Hallmark thing. Amen? It's not just something to give us goosebumps. This is a true story. For two years he suffered. Two years he thought his dad was in hell. Come to find out he was in heaven the whole time. You cannot try to fix something that you cannot control. So quit worrying about it. Quit wasting your time on it. Wake up every day... And try to do your very best. Wake up every day, try to live your life to the fullest for Jesus. Wake up every day, try to live with a pure heart and an honest heart to God, and lay down at night saying, God, I've done everything I can do. It's on you. And at the same time, know that if you will believe, anything is possible. That's not a fairy tale saying, that's a Bible saying anything is possible tonight father we thank you for the possibilities oh holy spirit i feel your presence in this place i know that you're here i know that you're speaking to lives i know that you're ministering hope right now i know that you are raising up inside of these men and women faith that is going to move mountains tonight jesus Because your word promises that faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. God, it's not by our might, it's not by our power, but it's by your (coughs) spirit, says the Lord of hosts. All over this place tonight, the Lord has spoken. God has told you and reminded you I am greatness. I am power. I am glory. I'm your answer. I'm your way out. I'm your victory. I'm your majesty. I am everything that's in heaven and earth is mine. I own it. So don't try to control what's not yours. That spouse, that, that financial situation, that family member is not yours. It's God's. It's God's. And the only way tonight as we move forward and pray that you'll ever be able to have that victory I'm talking about and walk in that majestic anointing and power and peace and strength is if you give your life to Jesus. It's not enough to know about him. you got to know him. you got to know him. you got to know he's the way, the truth, and the life. And he loves you tonight. How many in this place from front to back and side to side can say, Pastor, I don't know him tonight, but I want to know him. I want Jesus to come into my life. Just put your hand up and put it right back down. That's me. That's me. I'm going to be honest tonight. I need Jesus. Amen. Amen. Salvation is going to come to your family. He's just waiting for you to believe. That brother, that sister, that aunt, that uncle, that mom, that dad, that child. They're coming. They're going to come once you get out of the situation and stop trying to control it. They're going to come once you sit back and say, I can't control them anyways. All I can do is pray. When I've done everything to stand, I stand. When I've done everything to pray, I I keep on praying. When I've done everything to believe, I keep on believing. The only way you can quit is if if you doubt. The only way you can lose is if you doubt.